Conversations with Pioneers, hosted by Refilwe Tobeha. She's a go-getter. Tenacious. Resilient, without a doubt. Intelligent, most definitely a thinker. She sets the pace. And welcome to yet another edition of the show. This is where we introduce you to the next generation of innovators, entrepreneurs, influencers, thought leaders, and anybody else just doing amazing things and making dope things happen. You remember you can listen to all episodes on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and Deezer, among others. Yes. Yes. My socials are Instagram and Twitter at Refilwe Tobeha, Facebook page Refilwe Tobeha, visit our website refilwetobeha.com. This week I'm chatting to Kakhiso Tlubatla, who is the co-founder and director of Smartvest Capital, which is an investment company in Johannesburg, which specializes in alternative assets. Before starting his business, Kakhiso worked for Investec for six years in the banking division, which included exposure to the UK financial market, ending off his Investec journey as a junior wealth manager in the wealth and investment division. Kakhiso obtained his BCom finance degree from the University of Johannesburg and completed his post-diploma in management at Witz Business School. He is passionate about educating people about the importance of investing and addressing the socio-economic issues in South Africa by making impactful investments. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. I've been waiting for my turn. Uh, I'm glad I got the call. So I hope I do it justice and I don't disappoint. I'm sure you will do justice. But before we dive deep, how was the festive season? It was good. I spent it in Malawi with my in-laws. So it was cool. Managed to come back before things got out of hand in Malawi, which now COVID is very rampant there. But um, yeah, it was good. It was a good break. Much needed. And yours? What did you get up to? I see you were busy, like traveling everywhere. I saw like your, some of the pictures that you posted via Instagram. Oh, yes. It's a hobby. I love that. I love local travel. I love exploring South Africa. It was lovely. It was, yeah. it was I had a good time. Oh, uh, that's good. Even though sometimes it can be very exhausting to the point where recently I just had to find a, a game farm locally and just go and hide out. And uh, I came back very refreshed and very rejuvenated. So I feel good. Like I always tell people, it's like running a marriage. You know, there's certain points where you you have to know when to run quicker, and there's certain points where you have to know to actually just preserve energy. And but you keep moving forward, but you're maintaining rather than like burning a lot of energy. I probably have in me ten years operating at a very high octane pace. And then I don't think I'll be able to anymore, you know? Because hey, being an entrepreneur is tough, man. What makes it tough? 
you know what I find? I find it very counterintuitive, you know, like the things that you've always been conditioned to do are actually not the right thing to do. Like you actually do the opposite. It's like, you think to yourself, you're like, oh, this is too difficult. Maybe I should stop. Being an entrepreneur is like, it's too difficult. I should actually persevere because I know what's on the other side, you know? Mm-hmm. And also it's, it's just, you have to do everything yourself. Like you are the accountant, you are the marketer, you are the lawyer, you are the receptionist. It's an all-in-one. So it's, it's just, it's very uncomfortable mm-hmm. and not a lot of people can be uncomfortable for long periods of time. Uh, and that's mm-hmm. why I guess the entrepreneurship journey is not for everyone. Some people make it, other people kind of get off the taxi midway, you know? And you have to be very disciplined. No one says to you, you're supposed to submit that proposal. Come back from the lunch break. There's no one who says that to you. Yeah, exactly. Not one person. It's intense, man. It's really, really intense. I don't think anything could ever prepare anyone to become an entrepreneur except for being an entrepreneur. What makes you want to be an entrepreneur? Nothing can ever train you or equip you to be one. But what makes you want to be one? Okay, so I'm a Pan-African, through and through a Pan-African. And maybe I'm very pro-Africa. Amandla. (laughs) <laughs> I'm Mandela. <laughs> I think what led me really to become an entrepreneur was seeing the challenges that the African continent is facing and me trying to help come up with solutions to help alleviate some of that pressure. Maybe not just for me, but you know, for the future generations that will come. Saying when you plant a seed, you're not planting it to eat right now. You're planting to eat next season. Mm. For me, this is how I see my entrepreneurship journey that I'm just trying to really solve real problems. Mm. I want to impact a mindset, a mindset shift. And I want to motivate other people in different ways, you know, like and through investments, I guess, as it's one of people say, or as it's one of people have termed money is my D, which means blood. Mm-hmm. Money in this day and age is important. It's as important as blood. So, uh, you know, what a better way than for me to assist some people actually multiply their hard earned blood or grow their hard earned blood in order for them to maybe live the life that they intended to live or in order for them to do things that they really want to do as opposed to being stuck in a job that you don't want. So mm-hmm. yeah, my entrepreneurship journey is not something that I necessarily chose for myself. We, we, we all come to this world with a task. I think mine was to really help people and helping them in this way for now is what makes sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Smartvest Capital specializes in alternative assets. What are those? Yeah, well, I'd say alternative assets are things that our forefathers used to really invest in and and value on this continent. So, you know, our flagship product is an investment in cows and cattle, Mm -hmm. which is really one of the oldest investments from this continent. You know, when we think about our forefathers and how they used to keep wealth, wealth was kept in the form of livestock. Mm -hmm. It was, I think it was important for us to launch our company using cattle as the first investment product because it also reinforces the fact that we are an African investment company and we are very uh, pro-African and pan-African. So we wanted to create investment products that are easily understood by anyone, irrespective of which language you speak, which country you live in, your social status or your wealth status. I like the idea of investing in livestock. Take us through the process of investing in SV Capital and what are your other alternative products? 
Yeah, so the process of investing with SV Capital is quite straightforward, very similar to how one would go online and purchase anything. And that's how the SV Capital website is, is set up. So you would go to our website, which is www.svcapital.co.za, and you would select one of our products. At the moment, we've got four products available. And the one is a short-term investment, which is five months long. And we've got our flagship cattle investment, which is 12 months long. Mm-hmm. We've got the Ilobola Fund, which is 18 months long, as well as we have the Section 12J. And I'll explain the differences between all those products. So the mm-hmm. short-term investment is typically for people that are looking to maybe put money away over a shorter term, as the name suggests. And that's five months long. And the minimum to invest in that is a thousand rand. The cattle investment, which is our flagship investment, which is what we initially started SV Capital when we started SV Capital, that's the first product that we launched. And the cattle investment gives a person the ability to invest in actual physical livestock. And what do we mean by that? So we've partnered with cattle farmers mm-hmm. around the mm-hmm. country, some of the best cattle farmers in the country. And they're obviously very good at what they do, which is cattle farming. And we're really good at what we do, which is raising money. So by partnering mm-hmm. with them, we give our clients the ability to invest in that cattle that will be looked after by some of the best farmers in the country. The minimum investment for that product is 500 rand. Now, you obviously can't buy a cow or uh, you can't really buy any livestock for 500 rand, really. So how it works is that we wanted to make it affordable for anyone and everyone to start investing. It's basically fractional ownership. So you actually own a portion of the cow or portion of the herd. Mm -hmm. We leverage heavily on uh, the concept of Ubuntu, where people come together for a common purpose, which is exactly what investing with us is. You know, we're raising 500 rand from a lot of people. And when we put it together, you might find we get like 10 million rand, 4 million rand or whatever the amount is. So we take that amount and we buy livestock with it. Mm -hmm. And the livestock then sits with our partner farmers. Now, what you own as a client that has invested 500 rand is you own a portion of that whole herd. So whatever funds we've raised, let's say, you know, your 500 rand makes up 2% of the herd, then you actually own 2% of the full herd. So you don't actually own a specific cow. And the reasons for that, there's two reasons why we've done that. One, we wanted to make it very affordable for anyone and everyone to be able to invest. We don't want to exclude anyone. We wanted to include everyone. Mm -hmm. And two, it actually diversifies your risk as the client. So I'll give you an example. If you own one cow and your one cow dies, you lose 100% of your money. Now, in this setup, when you investing in a herd and one cow dies in a herd, you are actually only losing a fraction of your funds. Mm -hmm. So if one cow dies in a herd of 100, it's a 1% loss as opposed to that one cow that you are invested in 100% dies, you lose a lot of your money. So we've structured it that way in order to make it easier for people to invest, but also to reduce the risk of investing. That product is 12 months long. And after 12 months, the client will have the option either to take their funds out or to reinvest that money. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And then the Ilobola Fund, which is one of my favorite products, is basically exactly the same as the cattle investment. The main difference is it's 18 months long and you can actually you can get a physical cow at maturity and the minimum is 15,000 rand. Mm -hmm. And uh, that investment was initially set up to actually assist guys that are paying Lobola, guys and girls these days, I guess. (laughs) 
<laughs> we do have a few female clients that are invested in that product as well. But it's to basically assist those that have to pay Lobola at some point, and we give them the option to actually get a physical cow, which means we can deliver a cow mm. to them or to the family that's, uh, that requires a cow. And then last, the Section 12J investment is also very similar to the cattle 12 months investment. The difference is that it's five years long, and it's actually investment of the fund is designed using Section 12J of the South African Income Tax Act, mm-hmm. which makes it a qualifying investment, which says if you invest in this investment, SARS will give you a tax rebate in relation to the amount of money you've invested. So for example, if you invest a million rand in the Section 12J cattle investment, and you currently sit in the highest tax bracket in South Africa, which is 45%, SARS would give you back a rebate of 450,000 rand towards your taxes. Awesome. So that would mean if you have any tax liabilities, SARS would be able to write them off or using that rebate, or they would be actually be able to pay you back that money. And that happens in the first year of the investment. And that's, I guess, that's one of the major differences of that uh, Section 12J investment. Mm-hmm. But all our products, our products are typically uh, physical products. The products that you deal with on a day-to-day basis, very easy to understand. You know, you could explain it to a five-year-old and they'll be able to understand how they work and how you make money and how you lose money. And maybe I guess on that point, I should expand as to how we actually make money or how a client makes money from investing in cattle. Mm -hmm. So cows are valued per kilogram, okay? So when we buy cows and we put them in a feedlot, which is basically like a hotel for cows, (laughs) it's like a fattening hotel for cows. <laughs> when you put them in the feedlot, they go through a process of gaining weight. So on a daily basis, the value of the cow increases. Now, the risks that are involved there are a couple of things. So one, the cow could die. But how we've tried to mitigate the risk is by having a pool or by allowing clients to invest in a herd as opposed to a cow by themselves. Mm-hmm. So that's one. Two, we could sell the cow at a um, loss-making price. So we don't determine the selling price of the cow. The value of a cow is determined by the market and that happens per kilogram once a week. So it could happen that we sell a cow at less than technically how much we've spent on it. But since we have started, since 2017, since we've been running, we've never sold a cow uh, at a loss. And also we have a guarantee from our farmers where they guarantee 99% of the cows. So what that means is that in a herd of 100 cattle, we allow for 1% mortality. So we allow for one to die and we deem that as being normal because we're obviously dealing with live animals. Anything more than that one dying is guaranteed by the farmer, which means they will replace the cow that died above that 1%. Mm-hmm. So we have tried to make the investment as safe as possible. And how clients make money is when we then sell the cow, we sell it for, it obviously weighs more, which means it's worth more now. So we sell it at a profit typically, and that's how a client then makes their returns on the investment. Mm, amazing, amazing. And I love that your website is very, very easy to navigate. I've been on your side. And the first time I was on your side, I thought I was going to need support. I was going to need help, but I could do the whole process by myself without having to call, having to send an email. So very, very well done there. Thank you. I'll pass it on to the team. It's not, uh, it wasn't uh, all my doing, but I think that, you know, the way we we try with anything, with anything that we do, we, we try and make it part of what people do on a daily basis. So if you've ever shopped online before, investing with us would be a very basic, simple process. 
is. Awesome. Do you want to share with us some of your business milestones? Yeah, I think um, some of the most notable ones, you know, I think there's been a lot of milestones and achievements. On a daily basis, we're always reaching milestones that myself and Ayanda maybe had never really envisaged initially. But some of the most notable ones were 2017, we were part of the top 40 companies that were selected by Gen, which is a global entrepreneurship network in South Africa. So the top 40 startups in South Africa to get residency at the Gen building in Bryanston. And then in, in 2018, we were selected by the African Development Bank as the second or the runner-up startup, uh, fintech startup on the African continent, which for us was was quite a, a big deal because we went up against my brothers and sisters on the African continent and not just um, receiving recognition from a South African perspective, but that the work that we're doing, you know, is relevant on this continent. Mm-hmm. So that was a very nice accolade on our side. And also in uh, 2018, we were also in the top 40 of the Orange Corners uh, selection. Orange Corners is basically the Dutch, the Netherlands government initiative in South Africa to support entrepreneurship. So um, they selected us as one of the top 40 startups as well in, in South Africa. I think those are really the three uh, most notable accolades or the three biggest ones that we've achieved so far. We're continuously increasing our client base. I mean, year on year, our client base increases by about 280%. Awesome. That's amazing. Would you advise somebody to get into business in a partnership or as a, a solo entrepreneur or it depends what sort of business it is? It depends on the type of business that someone wants to get into. Yeah, that's probably the most accurate answer. It depends. But for me, I always think that partnerships are beneficial because two heads are better than one. Um, Mm. You could always leverage off someone else's skill set. No two people are the same. And also, once you start to realize that you and your business partner are thinking the same and everything, that's probably a sign for you to introduce a third person so they can give you a different perspective. Because I think the dangers of being alone or being in business with someone where you you think almost exactly the same is that you don't see your blind spots a lot of the time. Every Everything's agreeable. Everything is great when it could be always better. So there isn't uh, someone that maybe pushes you or challenges you in your thinking because only when you know one is challenged constantly will they think differently and how do you choose a business partner or how did you choose your business partner yeah i think i was fortunate my business partner was a friend before we went into business together so it made it makes it very easy for us to work together and and do business together because we can be frank with each other and it's not personal we we have a very strong foundation that's built on friendship so anything else that comes after that it's a bonus but if we argue and stuff it, it we always it doesn't come from a bad place if we disagree mm-hmm. it doesn't come from a bad place so i was fortunate that my business partner was my friend uh, is my friend and we're still friends to this day Mm-hmm. And how do you balance business with family? At the moment, I'm not in direct business with uh, family members, but my fam- my family specifically has been very supportive of you know uh, my entrepreneurship journey from the beginning. You know, they were the first people to invest. My family and friends have been amazing. They were the first people to invest and big advocates of the business. From a family perspective, you know, my wife has been very supportive. You know, whatever I go through, she goes through, and she also still has to worry about her job. So she's 
she's dealing with you know two components my job and and kind of her job and i guess she's indirectly also like a shareholder because at the end of the day when things are not going well she's the one that's counseling me here at home uh, and helping me think through decisions so she's been very supportive and i think those two things business and family for me are not necessarily separate it's one thing because if they're both going really well then it's you know it's good for yeah it's good for you and it's good for the environment that that you are in outside of work because that impacts you know that also impacts your thinking and and how you execute certain things that's amazing so what would you say to somebody who wants to be in your shoes somebody who wants to one day be a co-founder of a company like uh, smart invest capital somebody who'd love to work for themselves somebody who'd love to create employment like yourself what i would say is uh, look to solve real problems and what i mean by that is uh, like i said earlier i'm a pan african and i think a lot of us and when i say us myself included constantly look towards the west for solutions and we look to take their solutions and adapt them to the african continent as opposed to look at the african continent's terrain and look at our issues and look at the people here and look to build solutions based on that you know you know we see these tech startups coming from silicon valley and we like definitely i want to have a tech startup on the african continent where people can swipe left and right to find their future lovers yet in the country that you're living in or in the environment that you're living in the most pressing issue is that people don't have access to water or electricity mm. so i think before you start anything or before you look to the west or to europe and say that's an amazing business and i want to do something like that here really do some introspection and do some research in the environment that you're operating in to see what the real issues there are because at the end of the day your app that you're building might be amazing but not for the people that are in that community you know mm-hmm. we could build all the apps that we want but the app is not going to feed hungry people the app is mm-hmm. not going to nourish people that are thirsty if you can find solutions for those kind of problems you know you're not just building a business for yourself but you're building a business indirectly for other people because once you can solve someone's problem they have one less problem to think about it's for me it's, it's a big process i mean like you look at something like electricity which for us we think it's something so basic but when you look at most of the african continent and i'll use malawi as, as an example so malawi only 7% of the population has access to electricity the remaining part of the population uses thermal power which means they basically using firewood to cook or to keep warm but in order for you to get firewood you have to then obviously go chop a tree or go chop wood somewhere now the process of chopping wood takes up a lot of your time also the population's growing which means you're chopping wood further and further from where you live so you need to walk to go get the wood and walk back that's a process that takes 2 to 3 hours a day now if you can give someone electricity and you basically giving them back 3 hours a day i mean that's a lot you know that is that is a lot yeah. that is a lot to to think about so uh, for me that's really that's my my hope my prayer my wish for the next group of entrepreneurs or pioneers that ca- are coming out of this continent like let's really think let's be very creative and not creative in the sense of let's use technology to solve problems but let's think differently and not think in the form of an app and let's not think like we first or countries i mean we must be true to, to ourselves and know where we are mm-hmm. and know where we want to get to i mean even south africa i'll use south africa as, a, as an example you know mm-hmm. I, i won't even go too far i'll go limpopo there's still people that don't have flushing toilets Mm. It's something so basic, you know. There's kids that fall into these long drop pit toilets. Yet, 
we're constantly ignoring it because it's not your child that's falling into the toilet. Let's be creative and solve real problems. And let's not be creative in order for us to get likes, to get retweets, so we can be featured on the cover of TechCrunch, or we can be featured in Venture Burn or in all these other magazines. But let's really get creative to solve problems so your kids and your kids' kids don't have to deal with the same issues that you dealt with. Yeah, and the pandemic and the lockdown really exposed a lot of inequalities in the society we live in of uh, people not having water and, and proper toilets, you know? Really, some, some of these things were really exposed. Yeah. So, I mean, you work hard, even when you should be taking time off and relaxing at home, you still find excuses to work. What do you do to unwind, Mr. Klobatla? I run, I jog, run, jog. It's probably what I'm going to go do now in the next hour. Um, I run and jog uh, for two reasons. Well, three. One, I hate it. I don't like running. I, mm. I, I genuinely do not like it at all. Uh, and the reason why is just, I don't know, it, it, um, it seems pointless at face value, but it's really not. And two, I do it because it helps me de stress because obviously being an entrepreneur, uh, especially managing people's money is quite stressful. For me to always make sure that mentally I'm in a very good place and I'm making very sound decisions, I need to make sure that my body is also in good health. And those two things for me tie up. So if I'm really fit, then I think very clearly my execution is very precise um, and it's usually pretty good. And yeah, thirdly, I guess ties in with the second point. It's uh, it's really to stay healthy, you know, like um, healthy body, healthy mind, healthy mind, healthy body. Those two things are always in, should be in sync. When there's imbalance between those two things, you start having problems. But uh, it also helps me clear my my head and also helps me think through things. It's free, <laughs> so it doesn't really require you to pay for it, except for with your sweat. But also, it's an activity that requires you to enjoy being uncomfortable over a period of time and knowing that you have to finish so if you leave your house jogging you know you're gonna have to come back i think for me it plays out to my philosophy also in in business to endure the the uncomfortable tough hot sweaty moments or components of business in order for me to reach a a specific goal and that's what uh, jogging or running for me reinforces constantly i find that very inspiring but so before i let you go what is the future for smartvest capital where do you see your organization in the next uh, couple of years, maybe five, ten, do you see yourself relinquishing control to somebody else to run it? Or are you going to open another business? Or, I mean, the possibilities are endless. Tell me. For me, I think where I see SV Capital is I see it in a spot that uh, is always growing and, and it's always solving problems, which means that it will always be relevant, whether in 10, 15 years I'm running or someone else is running it, irrespective of who's running it. I think the way myself and Ayanda have built the business is in a way that it's constantly solving problems. And that's how we're always thinking about it. And we hope to always to solve problems that are relevant to the people of that specific generation, where mm. the people of this generation, the biggest relevant parts, I guess, you know, specifically from a South Africa perspective was the land, not having access to land, not having the ability to grow their wealth or the wealth disparity between whites and blacks in South Africa. How do we solve that? You know, and for us, that's some of the things we decided to tackle. How do we transform the investment world? You know, how do we get more black people into investments? That's a problem we decided to solve that this current generation of people is facing. In the next generation, the problems might be different. 
but I think we we always want to um, innovate and we want always want to go against we always want to swim, swim against the current and not necessarily follow the trends. But the only trend that we want to follow is the issues that come up or the issues that we perceive are going to be problems in the next five, ten, fifteen years. You know, I think we we always want to live for the next generation as opposed to the current one because the current one is already experienced. It's hard to teach an old dog new tricks. <laughs> so we're looking at teaching new dogs uh, new tricks um, in mm. order for them to survive and for them to, to, to really live out being African, you know? Mm. And we have an abundance of problems on this continent. So we have an abundance of opportunities for us to explore. Mm. So there'll always be an opportunity to start something else. There's always be an ex- opportunity to expand to something else. But for mm. us, SmartVest Capital, what we've done so far is only the beginning. Mm. We haven't even touched a fraction of what we're looking to achieve because uh, we want to be on this on the African continent. We we want to be almost in every single African country, and we are not yet. So you know, we we're quite far away from even thinking about starting another business when we haven't really reached the parts that we want to reach on this continent. Amazing! Listen, go ahead and conquer Africa, Dafuso. Where do we reach you on the socials, or how do we get in touch with you? How do we invest with Smartvest Capital? Yeah, um, you can visit our website if you want to invest with us. It's uh, svcapital.co.za, and I, I mean, you can also on our website you you'll find the links to. To, to our Instagram, to our Facebook, to our Twitter page. I'm on Twitter. Uh, I'm on Instagram. Uh, on Instagram, I'm African Investor, African with a K, how it should really be spelled, not with a C. And on uh, on Instagram, I'm Gachizot Lubata, also African Investor on, on Instagram with a K. Amazing, amazing. Please send my regards to Ayanda and tell her I'd love to have her on the show. I will definitely, I'll send your regards. I'm sure she would love to be on here. She talks more than I do, so. Awesome. Gachizot Lubata, co-founder of Smartvest Capital. Thank you so much for your time, sir. Cool. Thank you. It's only a pleasure. What an enlightening and inspiring conversation. Thank you so much for tuning in. Let's do this again next week. Same time, same place. If you'd like to get in touch, email info at refuelitpabeja.com. And remember to always level up. Level up. I'm out of here. Conversations with Pioneers. Hosted by Refuelit Tobeja.